I was driving to my church office and I found myself stopped at this red light on the highway. And at that red light, suddenly everything went black. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up in a hospital. back to the A Little More Courage podcast. We are so pumped you are here. We started this whole podcast because we want not only ourselves, but also you to live with a little less fear and a little more courage. And today I have the absolute honor of introducing Cody. A little backstory, Cody and I both did a TEDx talk at the same location. And when I saw Cody, not only is he a phenomenal world-class speaker, But it was, Jack and I kept watching him and being like, this man's character. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't going around and saying to everybody like, I am Christian, but he lived like Mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. And we were just both so impacted by his kindness and his humility to every single person that he met. So Cody, it's such an honor to have you here today. Well, Riley, it's likewise. I am so honored and blessed. And the same goes for you. Uh, God has, God, as I said before we went live, God has his hand on the both of you. Mm. And um, God shines through you brightly. And so I'm honored, honored and blessed to be part of what you're doing. Yeah. And Cody, you shared through your TEDx talk, your story, and it's powerful. And I would love to just jump straight into it. And Mm -hmm. Cody, would you do the honor of sharing with us your story? Absolutely. Well, the beauty is, is that in this moment, I actually get to talk a little bit more about my faith, unlike mm. in the TEDx talk. And so <laughs> uh, my, my background uh, stems from growing up in the church, falling in love with God at a very young age. I was passionate mm-hmm. about wanting to carry the gospel. I knew as a little boy what I was called to do, and that stemmed from me going to a kid's camp. And at this wow. particular kid's camp, uh, there was a speaker, and along with him sharing the message of Christ, he juggled. And something on the inside of me as a little boy, I was just mesmerized. I loved how he combined the skills with the message, and it just, it grabbed me. And so for many, many years, um, as I'm growing, I volunteered at my local church. I began to perform at camps and fairs, and every chance I could, I would get in front of people. And after high school, I went to a ministry program in Rockford, Illinois. I would then go to uh, do additional schooling in Indianapolis, Indiana, got my pastoral credentials, and then I became a children's pastor. And at the same time of working with children, I got to travel the country speaking at camps and conferences. Uh, My audience more so at that time was with kids. I got to do some uh, adult-related events, but it was primary children. And so back in 2013, I was just—I just turned 23 years old um, in April. And then in May, everything would suddenly change for me. Now, I knew that God had a a plan and a call on my life to make a difference in the world. Like I said, to carry the gospel, I was very passionate about that. Uh, But then suddenly I hit the stoplight, and that's what I talk about at the TED Talk. And I was driving to my church office, and I found myself stopped at this red light on the highway. And at that red light, suddenly everything went black. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up in a hospital, uh, fresh out of a coma, off of life support, to only be told what had took place. 
and my family was there. And, and I always share this story about my mom specifically. She looks down at me and she begins to explain, you know, Cody, you were stopped at this red light and you was hit by a refrigerator box truck that was going full highway speed. It showed no signs of stopping on impact of the truck hitting your, I was in a Dodge Durango at the time, on impact of it hitting your Dodge, your car blows up into flames. First responders, they had said I was dead. They had already called the coroner. Wow. And all hope just seemed lost in that moment. And I always go back to the listeners. And I think about just in life how we all encounter those unexpected stoplights where tragedy strikes and we don't know what is next. Yeah. And it seems all hope is lost in those moments. And I always love sharing the story, too, uh, whenever I can. Um, it wasn't until they seen my hand move, the first responders. They're there. They're trying to get the flames out. But they still thought I was dead until they saw movement. They saw my hand move on the steering wheel. And that little bit of movement changed everything for me. And the, the beauty of that is, is that uh, what can a little bit of movement do for you and for the listeners and for each of us every single day? And it's all a matter of just making that initial move. And then the beauty is, is that there's other people that can come to our rescue and help us in our time of need. And so they was able to get me out of my car. They put me on a stretcher. They then airlifted me to Indianapolis, Indiana, where I was put into a coma on life support for three weeks. Wow. I had severe burn injuries, broken vertebrae, torn ligaments. I mean, all kinds of hurdles. And uh, like I'd shared, I, coming to there I was in a hospital bed to only be told what had happened to me. Mm -hmm. My body was broken and um, damaged, and it was a lot. It was a lot. But I'm going to pause there because I could go on and on, but I want to certainly give you guys the opportunity to add input. Yeah. Well, I just want to ask, like, what was that like when you woke up in the hospital and you're having this told, and I imagine you look down at yourself. You said you went black, and then, like, you just wake up the next moment, and I imagine your body is covered in injuries what was that like experience yeah. like oh it was it was devastating on many levels as you can imagine because one minute i was 23 i was healthy traveling the globe trying to do what i believed is what god was calling me to do trying to live mm -hmm. my life right and then suddenly here i am broken and damaged and i'm thinking this is not what i envisioned for myself this wasn't right. part of the plan and, I, and you can't help but wonder why in those moments and i looked down and i i was i was wrapped up like a mummy i remember the image of my hands specifically i lift up my hands and through the bandages i could see like my bare bones where like Whoa. the skin had just burnt completely off my fingers they uh -huh. wanted to amputate a few of my fingers so there were pins in my fingers because my family said do whatever you can to save his fingers because I'm also a juggler, and so mm. there's a big silly joke in that. But it was a lot. It was a lot, and I, I just couldn't help but wonder why. Why would God allow me to endure yeah. such suffering? And uh, yeah. yeah, we can dive in that. The following few weeks after this event, what was your relationship like with God? Because I know what it's like to go through something so traumatic and then what do you do with faith and like what did your faith look like and what did your conversations with god look like great question and at the same time of wondering why i couldn't help but be grateful and thankful that i was alive so i went back and forth yeah you know granted given the situation and what i was going through i 
was in the unit for two and a half months. I had many surgeries. I then had to go to a rehab center. I had to relearn to walk. I had to relearn to use my hands, all the basics. Wow. It was a good two to three years just to get to a place where I could be somewhat independent again. But through that journey, God taught me a lot about life and a lot about myself. And, you know, obviously you have those moments where you're frustrated and you're like, well, mm -hmm. God, why? I mean, is it, if, if this is all my life is going to be going in and out of hospitals, you know, why am I still here? Why didn't you just take right. it? And, and you, you have those moments of frustration and, and depression. Mm -hmm. But the beauty is, is that I had others praying mm -hmm. and lifting me up during that time. And uh -huh. I always share the story of a garbage bag that I received and whenever I was in in-state rehab, and this garbage bag was not from, or it wasn't full of trash. It was full of get well cards from Aww. a bunch of children that I had spoken to Aww. in uh, Oklahoma City. And so news about my story spread like wildfire. My family, no pun intended, my family <laughs> started up a Facebook page and instantly people around the, all over the place were praying for me and following wow. my story. And so the, uh, church district that I had spoke for too. I'd yeah. been there a couple years in a row. They had followed the story. So I get all these cards and I'm reading them and they're like, we're get well, Pastor Cody, we're praying for you and showed pictures of me juggling. And I thought to myself, what message am I going to preach in this moment? Wow. And I couldn't help but reflect on how when life is going great, we can certainly all talk a good talk. But yeah. when tragedy strikes and rubber hits the road, our faith, our message, everything that we are about is suddenly put to the test. And mine was. And those little eyes that I once had the oh. opportunity to speak to, they're now watching me. And as we all know, actions speak louder than words. So I was left in a position where I had to rise to the occasion and really push through because I knew that Ultimately, what I always wanted to do with my life was carry the gospel, share Jesus, but out of that, share his love and hope and truth to others. And I knew yeah. that in that moment, it certainly wouldn't, I wouldn't be displaying that if I were just to give up and throw in the towel. So I knew I, I had to push through and I had other people praying for me, other pastors, ministers that were guiding me along. And I certainly had my moments, but they didn't allow me to stay in those moments. And that's the power of community. I love that. Going in on that, Cody, like as you're spending two years in and out of hospitals or maybe in a hospital the whole time, what I imagine that you get all these letters and that's encouraging and you're able to bring yourself around like this purpose. But I imagine this time is probably pretty up and down for you emotionally as you're going through the process of good news and bad news and more surgeries and more rehab. Was there like a mantra that you would tell yourself or anything that you would hold on to? Or was it like thinking about the face of those kids and the story that you would tell? How did you persevere through that season? Great question. And I had to constantly, obviously, number one, you're looking to Christ. And you look at him, he is the example that I am to follow. And every single day, I'm, I, I'm not perfect, but I, I strive to be more like Jesus. And he was the greatest example of someone that went through pain and suffering. He did not deserve it. Mm -hmm. He lived a perfect life, but yet he pursued and he pressed on. And so I'm like, if Jesus did it, I've got to push through. I've got to do my very best to be more like him. 
Now, there was a powerful conversation that I had with one of my mentors, and his name was Dave Reaver, and he is a great man of God. He's also a burn survivor. He was a yeah. he served in Vietnam. And whenever he was in Vietnam, he went to throw a hand grenade. And as he began to throw the hand grenade, a sniper had shot it uh, <gasps> before it released or it got released from his hand. And so wow. it blew up all over his body. So he's got, you know, ears missing, his face is scarred, he's got fingers amputated, mm. and he has a powerful ministry. God has done great things in his life. But I was able to have a phone conversation with him and he shared with me a little bit about his story and his frustration with God and he was doing a TV interview on TVN, and he shared um, how he was interviewed by someone, and they asked him, and they said, Dave, do you know why God would allow you to be burned and scarred? And he he told me, he's like, Cody, at the time when she asked me that, it frustrated me mm. that she would dare ask me something like that on live television. Mm. He said, but her comment changed everything. Mm. And she told him that, you know, Dave, God did not do this to you. He allowed it to happen because he could mm. trust you with the scars. Wow. wow. And that statement changed everything for him. And I look at that, and, and throughout my journey, it's been something that I've looked back at and reflected on. And I'm like, you know, God didn't do this to me. We live in a world where things happen, and being a Christian, we really dive in deep to uh, apologetics, and we begin to understand why evil exists, and all these different hard questions that we have in today's world. And so it going through what I went through, it it forced me to be in a place where I wanted to do some research. I really wanted to dive in deep and find out why these things happen. But thinking about the fact that, you know, God trusted me with these scars. Mm. He's trusted me with a story. It, it's a responsibility um, that I am not to take lightly. And uh, yeah. we, we look at our lives, we're, we're, we're not our own. We are bought with a price. And we surrender our lives to, to Christ daily. And God, here I am, use me. Use my scars, use my story in whichever way that you so desire. And so as, as far as like a, a mantra, that was one of those stories or you know, quotes that I would commonly look back on. And I think, all right, I've been entrusted with something here. So I've got to press through because in, in the end, it's going to be worth it. Wow. It reminds me of Jesus, like his own scars. And isn't it so interesting that Jesus, who came to earth and did so much healing, rose from the dead, but with his scars. Mm. And why did he do that? And he did that so he, one example was that he could let Thomas touch his scars and prove that it was really him. And for Jesus, his scars was evidence that God lives and God does great things. And for you, your scars are evidence that God has you here today. A story like your life. I mean, everything was going against it, yet you're walking miracle. And what a gift to be able to use that life, this like second chance to go and bless others. And I love how in the midst of so much pain, you chose to focus on others, mm -hmm. not yourself, of like of how much of a difference your life could make if you realize that others are watching and that others can be impacted. And I just love even how your goal in life is to help people live free from the bonds of scars. And I'd love to know, Cody, what did courage look like in these two years while you're going to like countless surgeries? Where did you find courage? And what, what, what was like a moment of courage? 
Well, my strength still to this day, it only comes through Christ. And so any amount of courage I display, it's it's only because he gives me the strength to do, to do it, Amen. Uh, to, to be courageous. But um, I, I think one of the hardest things was learning to love myself mm. with the scars that I carry. Mm. And throughout this journey, I've been able to do a lot of study and I've recognized that obviously there's physical scars, but there are emotional scars. And there's many people in today's world that have emotional scars and they can be very good at hiding them. And the cause of those scars, the list goes on. It could be multiple different things. Many scars are brought about from childhood, different yeah. uh, damaging events that have happened. And we carry them our entire lives. And if those scars aren't properly dealt with, they affect us and how we move forward and, and deal with life. And, you know, to your point, like what you were saying, as far as helping people live free from the bonds of scars, going through this had to relearn to love myself again. And that was so challenging yeah. because every time I looked in the mirror, I, I saw the damage that this event had done to me. And many scars are, I would say, uh, most scars are caused because of the poor choice of somebody else. Uh, in this particular situation, I didn't cause what happened to me to happen. It was because somebody else wasn't paying attention and I had to suffer the consequence. And so here I am, I'm damaged, I'm seeing myself. And I had to get to a place where I was okay with my scars and I loved myself so that then I could display my scars and not be embarrassed because naturally people are going to look at your scars. It's going to draw attention. Uh, yeah. But it's out of that that I'm able to share a message. So I always love sharing, helping people break free from the bonds of scars, going That's back so good. to what it is that I ultimately want to achieve. But I think that a big courageous moment for me was whenever I got to a place that I proudly displayed my scars and I opened up and out of my vulnerable place, God was able to take over in that moment and use it as an wow. opportunity to reach others. Amen. Cody, I wanna hear what you would say to the person who's listening right now who is dealing with scars, whether it's emotional or physical or both, because it's pretty amazing hearing, having seen the video footage of the crash that you were in, yeah. and it does look like you should have died. Like it's, it, it's crazy to imagine that you're standing here today and able to talk with us and you've overcome so much and been able to have this perspective, um, which I think it just seems really difficult to come to that place. And so I wonder what practicals you would say to the person who's struggling or wrestling with their scars right now. Yeah, I always love sharing acronyms. And <laughs> I always, always give one. Uh, it's called CPR. Go figure. But it stands true. I mean, obviously, I will share steps that I even shared in the TEDx talk. You know, those are beneficial. But I would say there is so much importance in community. We are a byproduct of those we surround ourselves with. Yeah, and if you too. want good things to come about in your life, find those individuals that are producing those good things. Mm -hmm. Throughout my journey, there was many people that were saying good things. And then there was many people that were saying 
negative things. And a lot of people were like, oh, woe is you, Cody. They could get me down in, in an oppressive state where I suddenly wanted to take on that victim mentality. And I knew that obviously that's not what I am about. Uh, but it was very easy at times because they were wanting to say things. And, it, and it, it's not that they're wrong on everything, but I knew that that's not what I wanted to produce. So I had to remove myself from certain individuals, not because I feel that I'm better. Um, it's just for myself. I knew that I had to cling to people that were going to uplift me and encourage me to do what was right. And so find individuals that love and care about you, that want to take you to the next level, that will talk good things to you and that will pray with you and be there for you and quote scriptures. You know, we, we need those. We need those individuals. So C, community. Next one, prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Pray the house down. Communicate with God and get in groups where you can pray and connect with others. There is power in prayer. And then the R is renew your mind. Renew your mind daily. Dive into the Word of God and listen to good podcasts and worship music. And I mean, feed yourself good things. But it's out of those three steps that you can start seeing things come back around again. That's really good. And it does take time. You know, healing doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, for me, I had to practice forgiveness. And that was a big one. And I obviously look to Christ, you know, and it's biblical. If we want to be forgiven, we have to forgive those that have hurt us. Mm -hmm. And so, and I had to, you know, look at that individual that hurt me through the eyes of Christ And, you know, still to this day, have I met this person? No. Have I talked to this person? I have not. Not that I don't want to, because I do. But I'm trying to carefully consider his (laughs) thoughts and emotions. But uh, I pray that someday God opens up the door that we can connect. And out of that moment, God can just show his love and his grace to that person. And so uh, it does take time. But I can promise you that on the other side, God will display his faithfulness, his beauty in every way. Romans 8, 28, for in all things, we know that God works together for the good of those that love him. We're called according to his purpose. And I cannot begin to tell you how many times I have seen that verse live out within my Mm. life and and also within my ministry. So it's absolutely vital that we follow those three things. And they're simple. They take time. But I can promise you it will help. What is something else practical that you did in your healing journey that you're really glad you did? Obviously, physically, there was a lot I had to do. And so yeah. I, I could dive into that. But as far as what can relate to the listeners, um, you know, and, and I, I, I will say that it was very healing for me to laugh. Uh, you know, mm, we, we hear it all the time. Laughter is the, the best medicine. And for me, I have a, uh, I'm very close to my family, but we are, we're a crazy bunch and we can't help but laugh at different (laughs) things. And, and so I had to find things about what I went through. Uh, If I had to find the funny, I I guess if I'm going to put it. Find the funny. And and, and so, 
you know, laugh a lot, make jokes, crack up at different things. I mean, and I, I joked about it in the TED Talk. You know, my last name is pronounced Burns, and here I am, a Burns survivor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I always tell folks, you know, God has a sense of humor. Uh, mm -hmm. If you don't believe me, go to Walmart. And so you'll find out really quick. So I, I think I think laugh a lot is is important. That's such that. a good piece of advice. So good. We even as I've been writing my book, I always I talk about like laughter because so many stories that I'm writing about are deep, but like bringing people to the surface. And laughter feels like when you dive, you're diving under and you're looking at all these beautiful things. But laughter is like bringing you to the surface and like. It just gives you a breath of fresh air. Like, why did God invented us to laugh for a reason? Because he's like, just don't take yourself so seriously. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, we goof up all the time. I mean, we are interesting. I, I can only imagine the, the laugh that God may have at times that some of his followers are like, really? Really? <laughs> I love that. Cody, I'd love to ask. So you've gone through this process of healing. And there must have been a transition there where then you share, like you had to, you now travel sharing your story mm -hmm. and this message of healing from your scars. And, but there had to be a first moment where you shared your story. And I imagine that that would be really scary and difficult. Yeah, what was, what was that, like? that like? Like the first time you shared it and kind of the beginning of you using your story as this message for others. Well, I have to be honest, for me, it was extremely exciting. And obviously, I was a children's pastor before the wreck happened. And about what happened to me, I mean, like everyone knew about it. Yeah. Mm. And so I had made a surprise appearance at my church. And it was on September, probably the later part of September that year, September in 2013. Mm -hmm. Now, I was still in no nowhere near out of my recovery. I still had yeah. many surgeries that I had to go through, rehab, and I, I was in a neck and back brace. I was in a full body wow. spandex garment suit that they wow. will require burn survivors to wear. And so from head to toe, I mean, I was, I was dressed like Superman. I had tights <laughs> everywhere and splints, but I, I wanted to surprise the church. Aww. And so I, I called uh, the senior pastor at the time and I shared and said, Hey, I want to, I want to come and surprise the congregation and thank everybody for praying for me. And so we parked in the back of the church and there was a back door and we was able to walk up on the, the, the stage uh, right in the middle of worship, praise and worship time. And uh, the church just went crazy. Wow. And, uh -huh. and God was able to, to move in that moment. And I got to share briefly a little bit uh, about what had happened. But then I made a almost like a pitch. And I said, listen, next Sunday, I'm going to be here and I'm going to share my full story and everything. Wow. Uh, and so it was like that initial advertisement. It spread. Social wow. media got a hold of it. And the church, the following Sunday, I was there and I spoke. The church hadn't been that packed in years. Come and uh, I mean, we had news stations that came out. Wow. We had the first responders that came out to watch. I was excited. Yes, I was nervous. Yeah. Um, but And I, I got up there and I was able to just thank everyone for their prayers, kind of shared a little bit more in depth of what had happened and my recovery and where, where I was at and what I still needed to do. Um, but then I also got to do a, a silly juggling routine that I did for many years. <laughs> uh, and then so I made him laugh. But at the very end, I was able to give an altar altar call, and uh, wow. many people that day 
either gave their life to Christ or rededicated their life to Christ. And uh, for me, that was super exciting, but it was also so very healing. Since that time, I've really, I've discovered, and and Riley you and and Jack, you guys both may know, like the more you share your story, you often will find yourself being encouraged. And it's it's almost it's very therapeutic in ways and very healing. And so, um, still to this day, every time I get to to share my story and and to really go in deep and share my faith on top of it, like, oh, it's just like that. That's it gives me that spiritual boost that I need. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to take <laughs> yeah. on the world. So to, for me, it was super exciting. Yes, it was nervous, but that's that's the thing with with speaking or anytime you get on a platform, it's like. You're a little nervous before you get up there, but the moment you get on the stage, all that just fades away, and you're right. you're so in. Good. Love that. You're in so action. Good. Yeah, I, I love that, Cody. That's so powerful to hear your story, and I just had the chills as you were sharing about you Same. getting up at church and getting to share with not only your whole like body and family in Christ, but then all these other people came as well, and I've just been so encouraged. We both have from hearing your story today, like. It is so amazing. I have almost been in tears and I've just had the chills throughout this conversation hearing you talk about overcoming and using your scars as a message and a story to inspire and uplift others. And so I would love to just ask you to pray over um, us and, and over the listeners as we close out, just that God would heal us and use our scars to become something beautiful for others as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Praise God. Father, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for Riley and Jack, and thank you for the ministry that you've given to them both. And Father, I just thank you for every listener, Mm -hmm. every individual right now that has watched or listened to this interview and this Mm -hmm. podcast. God, I just pray that you would begin to just meet them right where they are. Father, I don't know the specific details of what they have gone through or what they're going through, but you do. You do, Lord God. And I just pray that in the midst of difficulty and hardship, Father, you would just reveal yourself to them, Lord God. Reveal your love, your mercy, oh God, your grace and your healing power. And God, I just thank you that as you begin to work on their hearts, Lord God, and throughout their journey, I thank you, God, that their scars will no longer be seen as ugly, but they will transform and be absolutely beautiful, not only in their eyes, but within the eyes of others. God, we thank you that through you, through you, we have hope. And through you, God, we have we have seen beauties, or sorry, we've seen ashes turn to beauty. And God, we just thank you that you work all things together for the good. And I just pray that you would bless every listener right now. May they feel encouraged and uplifted, Lord God. Mm -hmm. Bless the listener. Holy Spirit, have your way. We love you, Lord God, and we just thank you. Thank you for working on everyone today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Cody, thank you so much. How can people find and support what you're doing? Well, that's a great question. Uh, My... (laughs) Website, CodyBurns.com, C-O-D-Y-B-Y-R-N-S.com. On there, you'll be able to find links and you can go to my social media, my YouTube. I'm active on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
And you're on all the channels, all the channels. And (laughs) if they want to email me, reach out info at codyburns.com. I will get that directly. I also have my book available on Amazon, Scar Release, Breaking Free of Yesterday's Troubles. Come on. And see, I think I got everything, but yeah. I would love oh. to connect with anyone that wants to connect. Yeah. So. And if anyone's listening right now and you want to reach out to Cody, I would just recommend take those three seconds of courage and send him an email because mm-hmm. I know that he would love to hear from you. And Cody, thank you. You're just such a mighty man of God and mm-hmm. your life is a gift. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing on this life is impactful and meaningful. And we're just so us and the Little More Courage community is just so thankful for your time. So thank you. Um, well, thank you both. It has been a tremendous honor and privilege mm-hmm. to be here and just to have this time with you. And thank you for what you're doing for the kingdom. And so keep up the great work. Mm-hmm.